We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am your host, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two co-hosts, Courier and Nina. How are you guys doing today? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Well, I'm doing fantastic. You know, starting a new job and all doing that fun stuff. Be able to get paid more, which is what I absolutely need to get a place of my own. So excited (laughs) for that. (laughs) Gotta make that money. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Fun fact for everyone before we really dive in. 20 an hour does not help with the rent at all. (laughs) Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, times are hard. Oh, yes. I mean, house market's terrible right now. But anyway, on to the Wizarding World stuff, because uh, that's where everybody is here for. Uh, today, we are going to cover the International Confederation of Wizards. So, basically the Ministry of Magic, in a way, kind of. Uh, this is where the International Confederation confederation of wizards is more of a law abiding system kind of like police ish kind of thing but like their law and order yeah kind of yeah so for the early history uh we don't have a whole lot on the early history uh the first supreme uh mugwhoop of the International Confederation of Wizards was Pierre Pierre Bonacord, and the first meeting was held in France. Uh, goblins wanted to go but weren't allowed, and the magical community of Liechtenstein protested because Bonacord wanted to ban troll hunting and give rights to trolls. So it's pretty big just starting out. They already right. had huge things. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Goblins aren't allowed, but let's ban troll hunting <laughs> and uh, make have trolls have rights. It's like, wait a minute. Trolls aren't as in- intelligent as goblins, though. Yeah. So, and we'll get into that in a bit because there's a reason why goblins hate wizards, and we find out why in this. <laughs> I don't know. Just from that, pretty much sums right it up there, for me. Yeah, right there is a good, like, hey, this is the wrong foot here. Mm-hmm. So a tribe of mountain trolls was has been causing a lot of trouble in Liechtenstein. So their wizarding community contested a Bannacord's appointment and refused to join the Confederation as a result. I mean, what were you going to expect from when trolls aren't as intelligent? 
or like they're <laughs> they're humanoid-ish kind of creatures, but they're not like they don't have the intelligence of most magical creatures. Yeah, why give them rights? I, I yeah. want to. I almost want like to a slap in the reason. face, right? Yeah, it's almost a slap in the face of the goblins, and it's sad because they're controlling the money at some point. Like, come on, <laughs> right? So mm. now we get to the Statue of Rising. So in 1692, the Confederation instituted the International Statue of Se- Wizarding Secrecy to hide the Wizarding World from uh, from the Muggle World. After weeks of discussion, they decided how the Wizarding World would retreat into hiding, including covering up the various magical beasts and eliminating them from Muggle con- uh, consciences. So. It's called Obliviate. <laughs> That's a lot of people, though. <laughs> Something our friend Lockhart knows how to do. Oh, God. Don't get me started on him. <laughs> um, so, in 1750, the Confederation added Clause 73 to International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy that detailed each wizarding government Governing bodies, re- responsibilities for concealment, and possible disciplinary action for any breaches. In the 18th century, after Dorcas Twelve Trees, if you heard that right, that that's his name, uh, revealed the locations of the Amuncus, so M A C U S A headquarters in the Livermore School of. Barthukmu Barebone? Bartholomew. Bartholomew Barebone. Oh, two. Ba- oh, okay. Two. Bartholomew yeah. Barebone. A descendant of Scorier and almost exposed the Wizarding World. MAC USA faced a humility con- uh, censure by the International Confederate Confederation of Wizards. Rapport was required to testify before the ICW. At a public inquiry, admitted that they, she could not have been certain that all nomad exposed the leaked information and had been obliviated. So, before we get on further than that, let's explain. The, so, the MA, MAC USA is the Ministry of Magic for America, for the United States. That's what that is. Uh, they call it something different. It's not the Ministry of Magic. It's the Magical Congress of the United States of America. Because we always have to have a Congress of some sort, regardless if it's wizard- wizarding or not. True. Um, and then the Liminori School is the main school of witchcraft and wizardry in the United States. How Hogwarts is in for Europe in like the Scotland area. Mm-hmm. Livermore is for the U.S. And nomads are their terms for muggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You find mm-hmm. all this out. You find out like those three things, funny enough, in the Fantastic Beast films because they reference all three of those in that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Newt's like, when you watch the film and they say, oh, that's a nomad. Newt's like, it's a what? It's like, oh, it's our terms for muggles. It's like, oh, that's weird. 
It is weird. <laughs> it's a strange name. Not that Muggles is any better, but no, Mage right. is just strange. Just, yeah, because, I mean, mm-hmm. reading the books, watching the films, we only see in here Muggle. And then you mm-hmm. get two Fantastic Beasts. It's like, oh, he's a Nomad. He's a, he's a what? What is he? <laughs> <laughs> so now we go into the Global Wizarding War. So, on December 6th of 1926, the Wizarding Newspaper, the Daily, uh, the Wizarding Newspaper, almost a Daily Prophet, it's not the Daily Prophet, it's the New York Ghost, which is the United States version of the Daily Prophet, reported that the uh, Confederation was called an emergency meeting to address the magical disturbances that were risking exposure of the Wizarding World. They threatened to send delegation to the United States of America as they thought the increase in the MAC USA magical exposure threat level to severe unexplained activity was related to Geralt Grindelwald. Interesting. So this is getting into the events of Fantastic Beasts, because his stuff mm-hmm. starts in the first film, technically, and then obviously it's in the last two films. Mm-hmm. And then on December 7th, 1926, the New York Ghost reported that MAC, MAC USA uh, would be working with the Confederation to, quote-unquote, crack down on illegal wizards in New York City. Hmm... And then several months after Grelot Grindelwald's 1926 arrest, the subsequent imprisonment in New York City, the International Confederation of Wizards pressured the MAC USA to voluntarily extradite uh, Grindelwald to Europe for the numerous crimes he committed on the continent. Pretty much wanted to ship him away and said he's not our problem anymore. Yep, and as we see in the film Crimes Against Grindelwald, when he gets transported... He uh, doesn't get to where they want him to go. He kind of escapes the entire situation. (laughs) 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 And then on May 30th, 1927, the New York Ghost reported the next International Confederation of Wizards Summit was to take place in London, and the President Piquari of the MAC USA was received a uh, prestige honor from the confederation whatever that means prestige honor quote unquote like who knows what that means you get a medal yeah probably it's a fancy title kind of bragging rights knowing for the US that's probably what it would be Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Well, that's what we do in this in in the yeah. US. He he got dibs on that. <laughs> okay. So on May thirtieth, nineteen twenty seven, the International Confederation of Wizards, uh, working with the Magical Congress in the United States of America, attempted to extradite MAC USA prisoner Grindelwald Grindelwald via use of flying high security carriage from New York, uh, from New York to Europe. Several MAC USA orders escorted the carriage on broomstick, while additional orders, along with the ICW's head of incarceration, Rudolph Spielman, guarded inside. Yeah, we know what happens to him. And the attempt was ultimate sabotage by MAC USA worker turned Gwendolyn Acolyte, uh, Abernathy who has, in fact, managed to switch places with Grindelwald before the uh, extradition. Uh, 
Commander Walt subsequently attacked the transport in the skies of New York, assuming control of the carriage by killing the oars and injuring Spielman, who he threw off the carriage into New York Bay, escaping with Abernathy into the night. Yeah. So he killed the guards, but let, like, Spielman alive, which honestly was kind of... Why? At that point, just kill the guy. Then no one know you, like, escaped. For Maybe like People would intention. know... True, that's a good point. I mean, if he killed yeah. Spillman, it would let him have a bigger lead from any of mm-hmm. his pursuers. And the, I mean, with him keeping Spillman alive, you know, people found they, everybody found out a lot quicker. Oh, Grindelwald escaped. We screwed up. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then in 1927, the Wizarding newspaper, The Daily Prophet, so this is the correct one, The Daily Prophet, reported that the Confederation had no uh, conclusions yet over Grindelwald's escape from custody. Yeah. I mean, he was a very powerful wizard in his rights. I mean, obviously, because... He escapes, you know, the ICW and the MACUSA. He battled Dumbledore and survived. He and then also battled Dumbledore again in a more epic showdown than the one that we see in the film Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's the one he does lose. But he doesn't die. Dumbledore doesn't kill him. And we nope. know that because Grindelwald is in... Deathly Hollows Part Two, or was it Part One? No, Part Two. Part Two. Because mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, Part Two. Because that's when he Voldemort goes and to see um, Grindelwald in prison for mm-hmm. the Elder One and all that fun stuff. But yeah, that is what we have so far. Um, before we get more into it, we are going to take a short mid break, and we will be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the mid-break of the show where we talk about everything, talk about things with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the wizard world. Uh, I do want to thank everybody who listens to the show and supports us. Uh, If you want to support us, you can leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. If you leave a five-star review with words on Apple, we will read it out loud next time on the show. And then uh, Spotify even has something new to where you can actually leave a comment on a specific episode and let us know what you like, if anything, um, you know, stuck out or you wanted to say something uh, with the show. 
And let me see, do we have any this week? We do. So we have uh, Kyle responded to our Godric Gryffindor episode from last week. So I've loved the lore the uh, you guys provide. Need more episodes. Big fans. Keep it up. Thank you, <laughs> Kyle. We really appreciate it. We truly do love what we do for the show. I mean, I do. I don't know about you guys, but I truly love doing this stuff, doing podcasts. I mean, I do this one, do the Holocron Histories. I mean, it's it's fun. It is a lot of fun. And thank you, Kyle. We do appreciate giving out all the information and the feedback. So, yeah. And then um, if you do want to support us financially, you can as well. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast where you can get ad-free episodes every month or even uh, once a month join us on the end of every month on an episode to where we can talk about anything you want. Talk about Hogwarts Legacy. We can talk about theories. We can talk about lore. Whatever you want to talk about with the Wizard World, it's all up to you. So, and then other than that, we are on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, where you can find us on there. Uh, we're all there, obviously, because that's how we all met. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, you can chat us with us on the Robots Radio Discord. We have our own channel in the server. And then as well as a channel for the Holocron History is my other podcast. Is there anything you guys need to add? Nope, don't think so. Yeah, yeah I think that's about COVID. Cool. All right. Well, oh, and actually I'll say it at the end of the show. But all right, cool. Let's get back and more of the International Confederation. All right, now that we're back from the break, uh, we are now getting to, so we had the, you know, world, the global wizarding war. Now we have the first wizarding war. So this is specifically, uh, so this is after Grindelwald stuff. So I know it says, so you have global and then it goes to first, which is weird. Yeah. But it deals with, you know, some other major people we find out later down the road. So, following the night of a large-scale breaches in the International Statue of Secrecy on October 31st, 1981, Minister Millicent Bagnod addresses the Confederation of Wizards with a statement, and I quote, I assert our inalienable right to party, end quote, a statement which eventually became infamous and drew cheers from all present. <laughs> that made absolutely no sense to me when I read that. What? It reminds me of something somebody would say with like rock and roll. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I assert our inalienable right to part. What? I am, dude. It's 1980s. <laughs> this is not the freaking 70s. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe they're living in the past. They just can't move on. But they just they unless just like have a the, good time. unless the 70s or the 80s in the Wizarding World or something. I I don't know. They are delayed. I mean, they do seem a little behind <laughs> in the time. That's a fair point. They used uh-huh. quirrels in the 1990s. Yeah, I don't know. 
but they don't also like using muggle invented stuff so there's that so between the wars because there is a second one uh which we all know in 1986 to 1987 school year, the Confederation sent a member to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in order to talk about wizard schools around the world. And that's all we know in that in those years that somebody went to Hogwarts. Hey, we're going to talk about other wizard schools. Cool. And then sometime before 1991, Albus Dumbledore was appointed as the representative of the British Ministry of Magic to the International Confederation and became Supreme Mugwop in 19... Uh, Supreme Mugwop. And then in 1993, some member of the Confederation criticized Fudge for informing the Muggle Prime Minister of the Exceed of Sirius Black. The International Confederation of Wizards Conference was held in the summer of 1994. Yeah, I mean, I would. Um, I can see why some Confederation members were criticized Fudge for telling the Muggle Prime Minister about Sirius Black. Now, granted, the Minister of Magic has to have relations with the Prime Minister of um, said country. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just how it is, yeah. and it's always been like that. Now... Obviously, they're sworn to secrecy, so they can't say squat. But if anything in the magical world happens, the Prime Minister of the Muggle World needs to know so they can, you know, keep the safety of all the Muggles. And we all know at that point, like, Sirius Black was, like, no threat. Yeah. Makes me wonder if they even told him about Voldemort at all. Um, I don't remember him ever mentioning it. He don't. He does. He does. So in, at least he's not incompetent. That. Yeah, so it was Half Blood Prince, I believe. Or, yeah, it's Half Blood Prince because that's when he leaves. Um, in the Half Blood Prince, he does go. Fudge does talk to the Prime Minister and mm-hmm. let him know like all the disappearances and um, accidents are are magical related. So like we see in the film, like a, a bridge being destroyed by death eaters yeah i remember that fudge tells the prime minister that wasn't an accident it has nothing to do like with your engineering or anything like that that was a magical mess and he was explaining dementors to him as well so he's mm. explaining that stuff with him and then he also introduced the new um minister of magic because that's when fudge was leaving office yes so mm-hmm. okay he does tell him that stuff. Okay. And then, so now we get to the second Wizarding War. So Dumbledore was dismissed uh, from his position following the Ministry's denunciation of Voldemort's return in 1995. He was restored as a member after the Ministry's ex- acceptance of Voldemort's return in 1996, uh, but not, in, not as Supreme Mubwup. Which sucks but like i guarantee you dumbledore did not care yeah, he didn't want it <laughs> probably i mean yeah. so as we see and we'll we'll do a deep dive in dumbledore at some point um in fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore he almost was nominated as minister of magic 
Yeah, well, didn't he say he didn't want it? I thought in that movie. Oh yeah, he, he like, didn't yeah, want it he, for me. Yeah, he yeah. he said early in the movie he's like, I don't want to be minister. I don't want any of that. I just want peace. I just want things to be normal as normal is in the wizard world. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, when they got that, um, can't remember the creature's name, but it's basically like a like a fawn, and yes. it kneel it goes. Like you had like the pure one that Newt saved and kept alive and everything, and then you had the one that was basically dead. It was just a like it was like as it was a possessed corpse basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or control. Cor- it was a control corpse. Um, where the the one Newt had the one that was actually you know alive, like literally skipped through everybody and went straight to Dumbledore right off the bat and bowed to him. And if that bat, if that creature bows to you, it means you're pure of heart and you're one to lead the wizard world. Yeah, it's pretty and much he like, decides uh... on. Yeah, he was very sweet about it. He like kneeled down. And he's like, "Yeah, no, I don't want this, buddy. You gotta choose somebody else." It's like, that, "Thank, thanks for considering me." But no, <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> Not for me. Try again. Which I don't blame him. Like, I don't blame no. him one bit. Now, granted, he would be a like Dumbledore would have been a fantastic minister, without mm-hmm. a doubt. But I prefer him as Hogwarts headmaster. I agree. Yeah. He does. He, does he would there. do more good at the at Hogwarts than he would at minister. Yeah, he's more more of a teacher at heart than he is a a leader, strict leader. Yeah, yeah or a politician of sense anyway. And yeah, I guarantee. I mean, Dumbledore wrote laws, obviously because he was um, supreme bubwub, so he was able to create mm-hmm. laws and whatnot. And we get that reference in you know Chamber of Secrets with Lucius and Dumbledore talking to each other. But, like, yeah, oh, he'll create things and help the wizarding world at any point. But, like, he doesn't want to keep that burden the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, in 1995, the International Confederation of Wizards was held a conference in Hemel Hempstead. And that's it. That, that's all we have in the second wizarding world. Which, obviously, the second wizarding world was literally, you know, Voldemort coming to power destroying everything in his path. He loses and gets killed at the Battle of Hogwarts. So they had a conference about it. Yeah. Well, they had a conference when uh, they finally recognized Voldemort was back when no one wanted to believe Dumbledore who was like, you know, that one of the literally the most powerful wizard in the world. Yeah, we're not going to listen to you. That doesn't sound right. No, you all sure, y'all sure you're okay? And you, the reason why is because they don't want to believe them. Is because they didn't want to lose their power. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. But politicians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> the only politics I will talk about is if it's Star Wars or Harry Potter related. That's about it. <laughs> the fun politics <laughs> right um so now we get to behind the scenes so the confederation was originally called the international federation of warlocks in the first edition of the harry potter and the prison of azkaban which means it was used the uh it was 
use, the organization would have two names. So the English version, we got the Confederation of Wizards, while in the edition in the UK, they got the Federation of Warlocks, which they mean the same thing. Warlock is a more fancy term for a wizard. Like sorcerer. Yes. Yeah. And then J.K. Rowling stated that the Confederation is the wizarding equivalent to the United Nations. Which also makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's international, so it kind of would have to be similar to the UN. And then, as such, they have a strong authoritative presence within all matters of international magical cooperation, as seen by how they have a hand in things like internationally held magical games and sports, keep an eye on the 11 largest wizarding schools uh, through their educational office, and even have seen in matters of international magical gatherings, as seen in how a senior attendee of the most recent recent international sympathism of... uh, and a Magi addressed the International Confederation of Wizards while complaining about the schools from the Wizarding School School of Uganda. And Uganda is the largest wizarding school in the world. Mm-hmm. Just give y'all a heads up, because that's from Hogwarts Legacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like they go in depth how you become an Animagus. It sounds like a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have this specific leaf in your mouth for an entire month under a moonlight what <laughs> it's more in depth than that I'm just summering like trying to remember <laughs> off my head but it's a lot more in depth and it's like I don't know if I want to do that is it worth it hmm. depends on what you turn into but the thing is um, you find out um I think they might have talked about it. I don't know if they talked about it too much in Prisoner of Azkaban. Or, um... Was it Order... Was it Order of the Phoenix? One of those two books. They talk about, you know, James, uh, Sirius, Pettigrew, and Lupin. Well, mainly Sirius, uh, Pettigrew, and James to become Animagus. Mm-hmm. They never specified, like, they chose those forms. Well, you find out on Hogwarts Legacy, you don't get to choose what you turn into. Like, not at all. It's based on your personality, apparently. Kind of like the Patronus is based on... Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, British seats on the International Confederation of Wizards were probably selected by the Minister of Magic, possibly as subject to the approval of Wizagamagat. There, gosh. It's a high court of law of parliament. Wizagamagat. Wizagamagat. That's, that's how you say it. <laughs> Ugh, the terms, they, 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 it's English and Latin at the same time. I don't and like English that. is already hard. <laughs> right. Latin's, oh, yeah. Latin's a dead yes. language. <laughs> <laughs> so as wizarding equivalent of United Nations, the International Confederation of Wizards holds a very high level of influence in the wizarding world overall. 
True, while they were primarily responsible of promoting peace, security, and cooperation, and therefore seamlessly have no legal authority to undermine the uh, jurisdiction of the wizard governing body in any given country, there is some evidence that magical governments are indeed, if partly, answerable to them. So, these examples are... So, one such example was how the International Confederation of Wizards permanently sanctioned an international task force in the mountains of the Tiblet, in the mountains of Tiblet, in response to the numerous sightings of yetis by non-magical people, showing that the Confederation has the opportunity to enforce the stature of secrecy in countries where the magical government is not up uh, to the task. Those darn yetis, darn them being able to be seen so <laughs> wait a problems. minute is this is why we haven't seen real magical creatures in our world i'm very curious now hmm i'm real mad i just want a dragon <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like do you want a dragon from the harry potter universe i i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset and i wouldn't be opposed <laughs> they are what they are <laughs> okay <laughs> And then, uh, when a magical government fails to cover up the magical incidents for the non-magical community, they may be censored by the International Confederation of Wizards, which even seems to have power to summon the head of state of the government concerned for a public inquiry, as in case during the presidency of Emily Rattaport in the late 18th century. And then... To another example is to be concerned uh, by the International Confederation of Wizards and to be terribly disgraceful and perceived as a humiliating experience by the magical governing body and the question serving as the mark of incompetence in regard to their duty protecting the magical world by means of concealing it from muggles and may affect how the perception of other magical governments have of them. The fact that President uh, Safina Piqui, Piquiri uh, who is known for the, uh, to be a formidable witch that few would be happy to cross, felt threatened by the Confederation, sending a delegation to the British Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister Magic, uh, Democles Rao, uh, actually was forced to step down shortly after being uh, concerned by the anti-muggle anti -muggle sentiments speak to how much influence they have. Huh. That's a lot to talk <laughs> and yeah. then as a result the confederation appears to have considerably more actual power than the real world un which is fairly often rendered rather ineffectual by various veto pro provisions and the general lack of direct mandate to interfere with sovereign governments while such mandate is for complex reasons near impossible to establish in the real world and then even assuming it would be considered universally beneficial itself a problematic matter in the wizarding world, the Confederation's heightened influence may stem from the overriding need to maintain the stature of secrecy, as in the era of mogul mass communication, the stature is only effective if upheld globally. This creates a strong imp impetus uh, for not just international cooperation, but also coordination and enforcement over above the levels seen in the real world. The Confederation appears to be a body responsible for upholding the stature hence its apparent power <sighs> which makes sense i mean 
it makes sense why the Confederation has a lot more power than the UN. Um, like I just said, the UN, even in our real world standards, the UN's there to stop things and to make things better, but they don't have the right to tell governments what to do. Per mm -hmm. se, they just mean they're mainly there to keep the world at peace so we don't go into another major war. That's basically what they're there for. Yeah. Compared to the Confederation, they can tell, like, hey, you guys need to stop. You need to get this straight. That's it. If you don't, we're coming in. And then everybody is like, yep, nope, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> And then while the real world UN oversees a number of similar uh, global initiatives and uh, convents, uh, the wizarding world faces an overwhelming worldwide challenge and the potential for exposure to and the att attendant high risk of subsequent war with muggles. There is no direct equivalent in the real world, but perhaps closest is nuclear weapons oversight in terms of severity and threat in the case of a failure manage of the technology it is unusual the case that the UN resolves relating to nuclear weapons are significantly more strictly stringly and effectively enforced or rather majority numbers are willing to do so more easily assembled other than the types of resolutions uh, examples are those relating to economic metals matters the environment or the settlement of border disputes thus the international confederation of wizards could be seen as operating in the equivalent or permanent nuclear weapons crisis the situation uh predicamented by the events of the fantastic beasts and where to find them would be more of a high point similar to the cuban missile crisis which also makes sense mm -hmm. so you know, the UN's always, like, in real-world terms, UN is like, hey, here's what we need to do things, but let's do this peacefully, and we don't go into high risk. And they're, like, they're not, they're not we don't call on them, like, 24-7. Where the Confederation, they're always in nuclear mode to where, okay, we need to get crap done, this needs to happen, this is, like, done, period. Because they have to... Because of the Statue of Secrecy, they have to be in that ready state to deal with everything when it comes up. Compared to us, in real world terms, typically our own governments can typically solve peaceful terms if they don't want to go to war. But if it gets you know, into a major threat, major crisis, they have to step in and tell, hey, don't do this. This is bad. Mm-hmm. If you do this, we were that's a major problem. <laughs> Which, you know. Yeah. But that's what we have on the International Confederation of Wizards. Fun stuff. Don't mess with a lot them. Of technical that, stuff. Nope. Yes, a lot of technical stuff. <laughs> but yeah, don't mess with them. Um that, that's the key takeaway from this episode. Don't don't mess with the Confederation because uh, they don't play. Don't play around. They gotta keep their their people safe. Keep their people safe, especially the yet to protect those yetis. They're very yeah. important. I don't think you understand the importance they're, of these yetis. Up in Tibet. 
they are endangered <laughs> creatures and these muggles are just coming up and causing problems with them and upsetting them in their homeland it's <laughs> a problem <laughs> gosh oh, this is always fun so <laughs> I uh, this is the time where I would tell everybody uh, see you next week but this is actually where I'm going to tell everybody see you in two weeks because I myself Ben of Tamaria will be on vacation next week I will be going to Disney having a lot of fun there and as you all know I run the Holocron Histories podcast so I'm going down there specifically for Star Wars stuff <laughs> so I will be We're building a new lightsaber, a new droid buying a lot of stuff because I have so much money saved up for this trip and it's already paid off and I just found out Mando and Grogu are walking around in the parks now. Nice. Because I'm going to World, which is Florida, because I ain't going to California. But they have Mando finally walking around in the parks over there. I'm so excited to see Mando. (laughs) I'm like, so the last time I went to Disney, it was still COVID restriction stuff. So all the cast members were still in set areas above away from the crowds. So they couldn't interact, like they interacted with you, but they couldn't walk around in the park or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's been like a couple, two, like it's been two years since I went down last and they're allowed to be in the crowd, talking to people, interacting with people and in in all that. So it's going to be super fun. Uh, when I went last time, I was called out by a stone trooper and he gave me like a death stare the entire time I was walking. It creeped me out. He's like, dude, stop looking at me. Like, <laughs> he's like, you. I, I was wearing like an Empire shirt. I, 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 wore, I wore a bunch of Star Wars shirts. So that day I wore my Empire shirt. And this, like, and I'll get done with the episode here soon. I just want to have this little story. <laughs> um, He looks at me. He's like, hey, you. Let us know if you see any rebel activity. So I gave him the thumbs up and everything. And he's just like staring at me. And so we. <laughs> I looked at him and was like, okay, this is weird. And I keep walking. I face forward, go walking, and I turn around. He's still staring at me. I was like, dude. <laughs> He's serious about his job and watching for those rebel activities. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, dude, I'm wearing an Empire shirt. I mean, I support the Rebel Alliance, but no. <laughs> I will forever be a Jedi. <laughs> But yeah, that was my fun story for the day. Um, so yeah, we will see everybody in two weeks. So we'll see you all then. And remember, the wands chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com.